everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott hanging out with our friends at America First Credit Union. It's their annual food drive. We're excited to be a part of it. Come see us, 3499 South State Street. Come donate two cans of food and uh, pick up a pair of jazz tickets for Saturday's game. We had a listener who was uh, telling us he jumped down here and donated a can of food because he wanted to get his 12-year-old to the game. I thought That's that was right. pretty cool. Yeah, I did too. Big jazz fan. They just moved down here from Ogden. He's like, I got to get him out to a game. Yeah. Great opportunity to do it. All you have to do is uh, donate a couple of cans of food to the uh, the food drive. We've had a couple of Jarens come by. Our last, uh, last Jaren uh, was decked out in Broncos gear. And I said, apologies for what's happening with your football team. And he said, yeah, I'm looking forward to the jazz season. Well, yeah, the the Broncos are bad. They're real bad. Joe Flacco bad. (laughs) He did win the Super Bowl, didn't he? He did, but he's he's far from that player. Former Blue Hen. Mud Hen? Yeah. Blue Hen. Mud Hen. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but the, they are not terrific. That is nope. for sure. Not mm-hmm. terrific at all. But yet, mm-hmm. David James will still pick them to be on Channel 2 each and every <laughs> Sunday. I don't think that's up to DJ. Send your complaints to at, DJ James, <laughs> at David DJ James. I always thought that was hilarious. That David will tell you stories of back in the old days. People would just call the newsroom and yell at him because they were tired of seeing the Broncos. And DJ would be like, oh, I don't have anything to do with any of this. Why are you calling me? Because <laughs> you got to complain to someone. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, our Ute insider and former Ute quarterback, Frank Dolce, on the big show. Hi, Frank. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. I hope, uh, hope you're doing well. I'm just out here enjoying this unseasonably warm fall day it's fantastic oh you're quite warm where you are huh frank Uh, good for you very very warm i had to take off my my light outerwear because i was so warm well i see well uh, we're in the middle of an arctic blast down here but um, we're glad you're comfortable we're doing fine we're we're doing just fine tell austin we're doing just fine we're where, where are you that it's so – I don't understand why it's so cold. I mean, I am – this is – I had to put on some suntan lotion. <laughs> well, we're down here sitting in some grass, and uh, we have the sprinklers going to our left and to our right. So we have a misting effect. And when the wind blows, yeah, it feels like we're at the bottom of Niagara Falls. It gets a little chilly. That's all. Gordon, the bottom of Niagara Falls – sounds like that may be a little bit of a reach <laughs> just a tad <laughs> yeah i suppose so but frank let me start by asking you a question i've been meaning to get that and i've heard you comment on it before but not on our show tyler huntley seems to be from one quarterback to another because you know what it's like to stand behind center and to uh, run an offense what is he seeing now? What is he doing now that is different from the Tyler Huntley of the past? It's a great question. And the Tyler Huntley of the past 
I, I describe him as running around with his hair on fire. And it's difficult because a guy like Tyler Huntley throughout his career, and I'm talking about when he started playing football, maybe eight or nine, ten years old, he's always been able to rely on his athleticism. He was physically gifted and just better than most people on the field. And so he could rely on that when he got into trouble. And, and that meant when he, when, when he had the ball in his hand, he dropped back to throw, and there was a little bit of pressure, he could always escape the pressure, and he could pick up positive yardage. He wouldn't put his team in a bad situation. You know, he wasn't forced to throw under difficult circumstances because he could get away from that. And that's just not how, how you know, the quarterback position works necessarily in college. There are a few guys that do that throughout their college career, but do they ever pan out at the next level? I mean, it just doesn't seem to go well. So it's difficult for a guy who's been able to, to rely on that athleticism and then to develop into what he's become. And what we saw against Washington State was the next step, the ability to not only rely on his athleticism but have the composure and the comfort and the confidence to – keep his eyes downfield and make throws downfield and not feel like he has to run around and make a play with his legs. And I credit as much as I credit Tyler Huntley for taking that step, because it's difficult. I mean, it's, that's, that's a real leap of faith. Um, I credit Andy Ludwig and the way that he has managed Tyler Huntley and he's managed the quarterback group and he's managed this offense and Whatever they're doing in film study and, and preparation, getting, getting Tyler to this point in, in his career. And if, if Tyler keeps playing this way and, and Utah's offense continues to get the same kind of productivity out of the running back group without Zach Moss right now, I think that's a really tough team to beat. On top of Tyler Hundley being so good, Frank, it also felt like the, the receivers went out and finally made some plays for him, you know, getting open and, and making those grabs. I know they had a couple of drops, but I, I thought Solomon Enos played well, and, and we saw uh, uh, we saw Nakua get into the end zone. Like I thought those guys were finally going out there and making him some plays. It's not like Utah played against, the, you know, the, the, what, the 85 Chicago Bears defense. I, I, Washington State is not the is not the, the the best defense Utah's going to face going out. It's still a Pac-12 defense, still Pac-12 athletes running around. But I think you saw Utah receivers running around wide open. But I, we don't see that happen very often, or we haven't in recent history. And and guys continuing to work as a play may break down a little bit at the line of scrimmage. And, and the other, you know, Tyler Huntley keeping his eyes downfield and, and people being disciplined at the line of scrimmage um, in terms of not getting downfield and not a bunch of holding penalties and stuff like that. So it all really worked well together. And, and now Utah has to take that same mentality and, and take that and play that way against, well, Oregon State next, not this week, but the following week. And then against Washington and teams like Cal and Arizona State that have some real defensive pressure, maybe even Colorado. So I think it was a great step uh, for, for all of the components on the offensive side. And, and now it's, you know, it's a question of whether or not they can continue that kind of, uh, that kind of efficiency 
uh, with the passing game and running game. Frank, what do you make of uh, the way the defense is playing now? That was the other piece. You know, Utah was it was a very close game after halftime, and and uh, you know Washington State is certainly a team that is explosive on the offensive side. And, but but I had a, I had a lot of confidence for Utah just because of the way Utah's defense was managing the game, and it looked very likely, and it turned out to be the fact that Utah held Washington State under 30 points. I thought that was critical for a Utah victory, and. And it was not just way, the way that the the, the defense executed, uh, and and they and and you know the guys on the field played that that game, but it was the scheme incorporated by Morgan Scally and his staff that was a lot different than we saw against USC. So, you know, both two two things happened in that game. The coaching staff went back and said, "Well, <laughs> you know what? We we didn't play that right against." against USC and we're going to have to make some changes and we certainly have the talent to make changes and they instituted the changes and then and then the team taking all of that feedback and all of that training and and different scheme going into the game against Washington State and executing it so that was a really good combination and and just something that maybe Washington State hadn't seen Um, people dropping into passing lanes um, still being able to get some pressure on the quarterback with a three-man rush. I mean, and then defensive secondary playing really well, and Ju- Julian Blackman having a kind of a bounce-back game, and not only in the in the passing but the run game. It was just a good combination of of putting together a, a really good scheme and and great execution by the players on the field. Frank Dolce with us on the Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty, the Zone. Frank, what did you think of Mike Leach calling his players "quote fat, dumb, happy, and entitled" unquote? Well, I think you have to take, you know, all the good things that you like about Mike Leach when, when you're talking to him about a movie being made about his life and who should play him and who should play his love interest and, and, and all of those things that we think are so, you know, engaging. And you, you also have to take the, you know, the other side of him that can be a, kind of a downer. That's, that's not the first time. I mean, that's not the first time he's kind of scorched his team uh, or his players. And I don't, you know, the truth is, I don't, his demeanor doesn't really change. I don't know how to take him. I don't, I, I am not quite certain if he is, if he's being serious or if it's just partly being serious and he's trying to be kind of entertaining as well. And that's supposed to be viewed as, as some sort of humorous in some way. So, uh, but I just, based on, based on his personality, I think that he's, that he's trying to be entertaining um, in a way that comes across as really demeaning. And so I don't know how he manages that inside the locker room. And maybe that that is one of his things that he manages it differently inside the locker room with his team. But it's certainly, you know, there's one side of them that is really engaging and really entertaining. And you think we need to have this guy on our station every single week. And then there's the other side of them that you think is just kind of scorching everybody around him. I don't know which, which guy he is. You know, that's an interesting point, Frank. And it's something that I hadn't really thought of that he might be managing the whole thing differently inside the locker room. And, 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 you know, I hadn't even thought of that. But now that you bring it up, I think that it probably, I, I think that's a high probability. 
Because he can't go into his locker room and talk to his players like that, can he? I wouldn't think so. I think if you do that, you would be a very short-tenured coach and you would lose your team pretty quickly, especially in today's day and age. I mean, there was a day back, way back when, you know, the the Bo Schimbeckler, Woody Hayes, and those guys, you, you know, you could talk to your players a different way. You could grab them by the face mask, and that wasn't grounds for dismissal. I mean, but but today's today's student athlete, that's a different that's a different deal. And so you talk about a guy harshly, and you know, he gets his feelings hurt, and and then you're done. So I I can't imagine that he that he treats his players or he talks to his players the same way in the locker room that he that he does in in the media and and I don't know my guess is that he would he manages that differently and that he has some understanding that you know with his with his team that hey this is you know I'm just doing this as we're we you know like we're all in this together and I'm not going to give those guys anything on the outside other than you know some nonsense to go and write about so I would think that's probably the case Frank Dolce with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Frank, I asked uh, Gordon this the other day, but, of course, you do the, the Pac-12 shakedown on the Ute Preview Show every week. So I know you're paying attention to what's going on around the rest of the league. But but give me Absolutely. a little give me a little hierarchy of the Pac-12 right now. Who are the top three or four teams? Well, the top team is Washington. Uh, there's no there, To me, there's no question about that. Like, they're the team to beat. And they have a tough they have a tough matchup this week with Stanford, and I can't believe I you know I didn't realize this is they they haven't won at Stanford on the farm in five years. That's really interesting to me. I think they get over that hump this year. Uh, so so I think Washington sits right atop the league. I there's there's a few teams that I would put kind of in that second category. Utah is certainly one of them. Uh, so I would put Utah right up there, right behind Washington, and I think that's a great. That to me is kind of the game of the year right now. Is if Utah can take care of business till that game, and Washington does the same, then Utah Washington is a really, is a really difficult matchup. It's a good matchup for Utah. I think Utah can overcome that one, but but I like the I like all the weapons that that Chris Peterson has at Washington. Then I think you would have to look at. A bunch of other teams as you go through. Oregon certainly sits up there. Uh, Cal, even with that letdown, I like the way they play defense. I don't like that they lost their starting quarterback, and I'm, I'm not sure that their backup quarterback is, the, is, is quite the same guy. So Cal is in there, but I'm a little less optimistic about Cal. Arizona State probably fits in that category. Like I think they bring kind of a defensive mentality, and but but uh, maybe maybe offensively they're they're manageable. Um, and then I think you have to look at Colorado in that group because they have a great quarterback and a great wide probably a couple great wide receivers, decent running game. But I think you can score some points on them. So I think those are kind of your those are the guys you kind of look at the top level. Washington State. I, I just think their defense, they're, they're just going to have to, you know, it's going to have to be a shootout for those guys to win games. I just don't think their defense brings enough. We've seen that evidence in probably three games, including the Houston game with, with Washington State. And then I think you kind of go everybody else. Stanford, you know, I don't know if Stanford's that really that 
that great. And and UCLA looks like, you know, one week they're going to score 67 points, and the next week they can't fig- necessarily figure it out. And Oregon State is certainly certainly beatable. Um, Arizona, you know, Arizona gets a win over UCLA with a backup quarterback and a backup running back Um but but I think they're you know kind of on the lower half of the Pac-12. So if I looked at the Pac-12, that's kind of how I would I would group it. Utah, Washington up top with Utah close second, and then a group of three-ish schools right behind those guys, and then kind of everybody else. See, Gordon agreed with you, Frank. I've got Oregon. I think Oregon's in that number one slot right now. They, their defense hasn't number, given up a touchdown since they, their defense hasn't given up a touchdown since week one. Well, who? Wait, who did they? Who have they played? Uh, well, they lost to Auburn and they beat uh, uh, Stanford, didn't they? Uh, last week, Gordon. If that was here, I'll I'll, I'll give you exactly yeah, what they've they done. Yeah, they beat Stanford. What they beat Stanford twenty-one to six. But they have the Something best like quarterback. That. They have the best quarterback in the league. They have the best offensive line in the league. They might have the best defense in the league. Uh, they played Auburn, Nevada, Montana, and Stanford. Whoa, that is a wow! <laughs> yeah, you're right, Jake. Hey, Jake, you have a heck of a point. <laughs> Let me rethink what I just said about the Pac-12. Nope, I think I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> Washington with up top. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. <laughs> Utah. I put Oregon up there, but but I they to me they're still untested. Talented, but untested. Frank, uh, Jake's been dogging the dog since the beginning of the year, so I, 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 I agree with you. Have uh, I been dogging you, them? You, or? you have been kind of. Dogging uh, the dog. Yeah, you, you have. Frank, I want to ask you this, and this is sort of a, this is a question that's in poor taste. Oh, boy. It's probably a question in bad form. Okay. But, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway because using your football acumen, is there a player for the Utes? <laughs> now I'm regretting asking this question already. <laughs> but is there a player that they cannot afford to lose? Because their depth has has seemed to be up to the challenge so far. And even when, when you think about how well Tyler Huntley's playing, well, Jason Shelley stepped in last year and it did pretty darn well for himself. So I'm starting to believe that this program has players at every position. Am I missing something? Is there a player they cannot afford to lose? Well, I think Tyler Huntley may have put put himself kind of in that category last week, but but I think you're right. There there are capable backups in that scenario uh so so i think you'd you'd have to say well maybe tyler huntley fits there but i would tell you that if there's a player they can't lose he's on the defensive side and his name is francis bernard Mm, because not only the way he plays but the lack of depth at the linebacker position and 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 I don't know if you can find someone to replace his productivity over consistently over the first few weeks of the season. So as much as I like Zach Moss, and, and, I, and I said this earlier, that, that losing Zach Moss wasn't the biggest of Utah's worries, and I think they figured that out on the defensive side. And as much as I like Tyler Huntley and the way that he's played this year and specifically last week, I think 
that the lack of depth combined with the productivity of Francis Bernard, he would be the guy that I would, I would hate to see go down. Well, Frank, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it, and we're really glad you're warm. We're, we're glad you're, you're, you're toasty warm. That's good. You got the, uh, you got Man, the suntan lotion on? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't have a you don't have, I don't have a lot of protection up top, so I it's sunny and warm. I need to get that I need to get the dome protected. I'm going to go try and find a nice air conditioned place to sit down and do a little work this afternoon because it's yeah it's a it's unseasonably warm for a fall afternoon. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. We'll talk to you soon. All right, all right, you guys, you're the best. Talk to you soon. All right, there you go. That's the great Frank Dolce with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're live from America First Credit Union. We're here in South Salt Lake, 3499 South State Street. Come on by and donate two cans of food, and we're hooking hooking you up with a pair of tickets to go to Saturday's Jazz Game. And Tyler joins us uh, once again. And uh, Tyler's not just that. You're doing some uh, other stuff maybe for some regular season Jazz Games as well. Yeah, so if uh, you bring in more than two items, we're going to have some tickets to some nice lower bowl tickets to a game on the 12th versus the Brooklyn Nets so um, we've already given away over half of the tickets that we have available here so we really want to encourage people to get out here quick before we run out of those but uh, we'll still take care of you get you uh, hooked up for that uh, that contest as well now we've been see- we've been seeing people show up with bags full of food man it's it's nice to see yeah it's been great I'd say there's been more people bringing above two than just the the, the straight two so we're really uh, our box is, is filling up fast and that's awesome to Good. see so you guys are are extremely passionate about this this is year 15 yes right yeah where, do, where does that come from what in, what inspired you to get behind this cost you know i think it's just uh finding ways to impact the community seeing holes that we can fill out there and you know i think it always comes from our leadership and, and you know our, our board and, and the executives that we work for you know having a, a greater vision than just the the day-to-day uh, transactions that, and, and opportunities to help people in their finances. This is just another way we can help out. Does that, does that permeate the whole organization? I, I think it does, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been with America First for a, a very long time, and I think that's a big part of it is the culture and, and what we represent. You know, it's more than, than just a job, and it's a really it's a great way to do great things. Just to give people an idea of the impact you guys have made uh, throughout the years doing this, 187,000 pounds of food collected. That's amazing. Yeah, not bad. And we want to see that number rise and rise and rise. So <laughs> We're going to hit that 15,000 mark. We're going to hit it this I, year. I'm confident. We can definitely do it, and we appreciate you guys helping us make that happen. All right, come down and grab those jazz tickets, two cans, and uh, we'll hook you up with a pair of tickets for Saturday's game. Thank you very much, Tyler. We Thank appreciate you. Guys. you. Appreciate it. 34 99 South State Street. Uh, David Locke joins us next 97.5 and 1280 the zone this is dj and pk what you feeling it's so positive i don't, I don't think it's all positive I, for byu I, I, quarterbacks hurt lost to toledo ah! it's a bummer for these guys but they got to regroup jaron halls you're up now the problem for byu is losing to these perceived lesser programs even if the program that particular year is better than its rep you can live with these losses to utah and you're not in the league as washington you should lose to those guys it's these lesser programs you've got to stop doing that as i say the in promo, you- knock it to fetch off <laughs> umass and Northern Illinois, East Carolina, those all suck. You can't have it. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
1280 The Zone, broadcasting from America First Credit Union. Bring in two cans of food, and we're hooking you up with a pair of tickets that go to Saturday's jazz game. Let's uh, get out of the Sprint special guest line, lease any handset, and get an iPad for $99.99 shipping. Visit the Sprint store near you. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. His interview brought to you by Ken Garf. Uh, visit West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram for great deals and even better experiences. He's the one and only David Locke. Hi, David. How are you? I am great. It's been fun to be back in the gym the last two night- days and nights and uh, super good time. So it's been fun to watch the guys and see how Quinn's putting it together and and watch basketball. As a junkie, it's you know it's really cool um, to watch the way Quinn puts this together and works and does everything. So it's fun. David has uh, has he handed along information to the players prior to this particular time, or does it did it really all begin yesterday? That's a great question, and I've been wondering the same thing. Um, I mean, I'm guessing everyone gets some sort of a playbook, probably a DVD at this point. But, I mean, he'll he'll run something and say, hey, we call it this. And so he's kind of talking to those five guys and some of the young kids. I mean, this guys have gone through summer league, right, have run all the systems. But boy, And Boyan and Mike have been here for some of the summer the OTAs. But the OTAs, they aren't running the, you know, whatever their various play calls are or this or that. I don't want to, you know, give away, you know, what we call things. But... Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but I have been wondering that Gordon, because there are times when he'll stop and say, Hey, we call that our pencil or we call that our this. And, and, and so, you know, or, you know, he ran through basically, um, one of his play call systems at one point. And I'll tell you what, if, if they have not had it beforehand, then they are really smart basketball players because, to me, I would be swimming with the amount of information that's out there and struggling. These guys are, these guys are at a really high level. Yeah, I, um, hearing Mike talk today, and David, you were right there standing next to me. That's he brought up. He said the hardest part he's having right now is the is the terminology. And I, I told Gordon. He also said that Quinn, as opposed to some other coaches he's had, is extremely detailed. Where, as you uh, indicated, there he's stopping practice and and kind of grilling these guys on what's going on. So not only is he is he getting all these details thrown at him, but it's essentially in a different language. Well, Mike Conley told the story of him, you know, Quinn stops practices and all of a sudden says, what's our first absolute? And like, he'll just point at someone. Sometimes it's a player. Sometimes it's a staff member. So, I mean, I'm always nervous that it's going to end up like I'm going to have to answer a question one day um, and be paying attention enough to know what's going on. Um, he, you know, he'll, he'll do all those kind of things uh, just to keep everyone. And Mike was sharing how he got asked the question. Uh, the other one I thought was interesting today, Jake, was Dante Exum talking about Mia One and how there was a play in where Mia One, uh, you know, was clearly swimming and going through kind of the uh, so worried about running the play and thinking, and Dante, now the six-year veteran, came over to him. I know exactly the play Dante's talking about. And uh, coming over to him and, you know, hey, it's all right. It's, you'll figure all this out. You'll you'll see those things at some point. And kind of funny that Dante's now reached that point as a six-year veteran and been here with Quinn for those six years that, that, he, that he reacts that way. So, David, do you think that it is in some ways harder for a veteran to come in and learn a new system, learn new language, 
than it would be maybe a younger player because it's like the guy who's been out golfing for 35 years and suddenly somebody gives him a lesson and he's having to rearrange everything he's been doing for quite some time. I did have that feeling on night one, Gordon. My feeling on night one was that day, in day one, maybe a little bit at night uh, session, was that, that Quinn had to unteach 10 years of Jeff Green and unteach 10 years of Mike Conley and unteach, you know, 10 years of pro basketball. Actually, more. Boyan started at 16 in Europe um, of pro basketball. And that, some, you know, we do some things differently than other people on the defensive side. So that would have been the morning session yesterday and also on the offensive side. So I did feel that, that there was this level, hey, you, you probably most of the teams you ever played have asked you to do this. We don't do that. We do this. And, and so, and I think that's going to take, that's going to take some time and some film sessions and some things of that nature. I, these guys are, again, these are really bright players, particularly the group, this group we have. Um, but I do think there's going to be a little, uh, there's an unteaching and it's going to be, I think it'll show most in when there's fatigue. You know, when, when these guys go back to what they're used to doing, when they're tired rather than what, you know, when they're at their sharpest, they'll do what Quinn, what Quinn wants them to do. But yes, I did have a feeling that while Mia One is learning a brand new system, in some ways, Jeff Green and Boyan Bogdanovich have to relearn something. No, on the other end, Jeff Green's on the fifth team in five years, so he might be used to this. But I'm not sure everyone's as detailed as Quinn is. David Locke is with us, 97.5 and uh, in 1280 of the zone. David, one thing that uh, has been a strength of this organization since, really, since Dennis Lindsay took over is working the bottom of the roster where they, you know, select and develop these players and and use the the G League really well. I mean, great examples. Joe Ingles is in the starting lineup. Royce O'Neal is going to play an absolute major role with the team. George Niang, we're seeing that play out. So let's talk a little bit about the bottom of the roster and some of the competition and decisions that they're going to need to make. Well, that's a great point, Jake, because I think they're trying to get it, hit it again. Um, there's two interesting players at the end of this roster that are likely to probably be the 15th guy, um, and there's some reasons for it. So Stanton Kidd is one of them. He played at Colorado State, and then he's been in Europe, and he's kind of that same body size, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, at times in his career, he's really shot it well. At other times, he is not, quite honestly. It, there's not been a great consistency to it. Um, his shot looks very good, but he can defend multiple positions. Um, and he actually is a guy that the Jazz were really interested in a year ago, but had some contract issues with his European team um, that they, he couldn't, they couldn't get him out of his contract to bring him in. So they've brought him in this year. He was in summer league both the last two years for the Jazz. Uh, probably played a little bit better in the summer league two years ago than he did this year. But if you watched him in those summer leagues, it was always obvious that he was an NBA player. Like he kind of stood out a little bit. The other one's William Howard, the Frenchman. This is another one, really very long. Um, the story behind it is very much to the Jazz dedication and diligence that they went to go scout another player in, um, I think one of his French teammates or one of his opponents last year in the league. I think he played for Cholet, uh, was drafted 
drafted this year or was in around the draft. So they went to see him and they saw him. And here was a pretty smooth shooting 6'9 or 6'8 long body and again the same concept like all right well what are the what are the pieces of this that we can put together and and so the Jazz have the three second round draft picks Mia One will in is going to be on the regular roster and then Brantley and for, and Justin Wright Foreman they want to have play a lot and and have their games evolve and the G League has now gotten good enough so that you can't kind of just bully ball your way through like the way you would in college or just go score the way uh, Justin Wright Foreman did at Hofstra. And so those guys, they they think the best way for them to develop is actually to play. So I think both them are, if I remember correctly, are the two-way contracts, and they'll play a lot for the Salt Lake Stars. And so in some ways, the 15th roster spot is absolutely what you said, Jake. It's a battle between these two guys who they're hoping to be the next Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, or George Niang. David, forgive me if we've talked with you about this before, but it's on my mind, and I can't remember who I talked to about it and who I haven't, but it's this whole idea that Quinn Snyder is facing more pressure this year because he has more talent on his team. Now, I think this is kind of preposterous. I think it's ridiculous because when you give a man of that mental aptitude more tools to work with, I think he's elated with what he has. I don't think he's thinking about pressure for two seconds. Do you? So I think it's preposterous because I've spent so much time with Quinn over the last few years, and I can't imagine him feeling any more pressure than he already does. He cares that much. He works that hard. He's a... Uh, he believes in the craft at such a high level that I can't imagine him feeling any more pressure than what he already feels upon himself. So if he, if he's feeling any more pressure, there's no way for, for him to feel that. Um, and so that's where I would say that that's preposterous. Um, because of just, you know, who Quinn is and how dedicated to the task of success that he really is. David, thank you very much for jumping on with us as always. We always look forward to it. My pleasure. Great questions. Always fun to talk hoops and we'll get at it Saturday. And I think we got 20 days till opening day, but who's counting? Hey, David, one other thing for you. I just wanted to let you know that I did come out with my list of nicknames for the players, and I ran them by Bowler. So if you want me to run them by you, I'm sure you're eager to hear what they might be, and I'll pass them along to you later. Well, you know, you know, Gordon, Craig has been such a stalwart of Utah broadcasting for all these years and is really the voice of the Utah Jazz. And so I wouldn't want to steal any information from him. Um, and since he really is the most important, one of the, first of all, one of the great mentors in my life and probably one of the better people I've ever met, there's, I would never want to damage that relationship in any way. I mean, it's really one of the most important relationships I have in my life. So the idea of taking something from him like that just is not worth I'm sorry Gordon it's not worth it to me and so I'm going to allow Craig to keep all of those for himself 
You know, your magnanimous ma- nature about this whole thing is just overwhelming, David. That's I, I, how you say no thanks, <laughs> Right there. That's how you say no thanks, buddy. Yeah, he's uh, David wasn't born yesterday. Nope, certainly not. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, David. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> That's how you say, nope, not using any of those, Gordon, not a chance. <laughs> I uh, might as well have said, well, uh, you can just keep your nicknames to yourself. 3499 South State Street, that is where we are. We're at the America First Credit Union. Bring by uh, two cans and get uh, two, uh, or excuse me, a pair of tickets to Saturday's Jazz Game. But, of course, bring as much as you can. Uh, they're, they're, we've seen listeners come by with, uh, I saw a listener with a big old box that he just no. brought by. And so we'll, uh, we'll certainly take uh, as much as you can possibly give. But bring in two cans and you'll get a pair of tickets. And uh, every hour we're putting out two special things of jazz gear. And if you bring by more than 10 cans, you'll be going home with that as well. So all sorts of incentives. If anybody's interested in my nicknames, we could uh, we could uh, pass them along again today. If you know, because a great radio mind once said that radio was not linear. Do we, do we need to do that today? No, Nobody, no, no. <laughs> we got it in yesterday. You got three sixty four to work on it till next year. We've got Rudy Gobert coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour as the road to contention continues on. Uh, but coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report. Woohoo! You don't want to miss it. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. We don't lie Wednesday. I feel like this Utah performance, the one we just saw, is the real use. I feel like that's the one we're going to see almost every single game the rest of the way out. It's hard to duplicate that, but the physicality, I think we're going to see that almost every game. And even though they'll play teams that I think are physically tougher than Washington State, I think Utah, maybe not 38-13, to 13, will win almost every single one of those physical battles soundly. I think the way that they prepared all week for Washington State and then the way they performed can really light something and and reignite what they feel about themselves and their capabilities Mm -hmm. and that can carry on that can carry through tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network check this out and now your not sports report on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Ninety-seven five twelve eighty. This own Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Kurt tweets into the show. Says you keep saying bring in two cans. Who just has a two can to give away? And why would they give it away if they did? Two, and not the bird. Cans. No, no. Two cans different of cans. Food. And you can bring more if you'd like. Very funny, Kurt. That that did make me laugh. All right, uh, it is time for the not. Can you, can you just buy a two can? I. I mean, how do I mean, we, how else would people go, get a two can? They got everything go, on Amazon. No, <laughs> can you go to a pet shop and buy a two can? I I think so. I had a I had a buddy whose parents were super into birds. Who uh, I'm pretty sure they had a two. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was just parrots. How do those two cans keep that big beak? Uh, you know, it seems like it'd be heavy. Seems like it would be heavy. <laughs> Good observation. Toucan. Who who was the toucan character that was Sam? Sam the Toucan? From the Fruit Loops. Yeah, the Fruit Loops guy. All right. All right. It is the uh, time for the Not Sports Board brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? 
we're going to I, I almost feel guilty doing this because it's too easy anytime you go to Florida uh-huh. you know it's just it's too easy right okay won't they just saw Florida off and just let it float away I, I enjoyed the brief stints I've spent in Florida yeah I have as well but there's some craziness that goes on down there such as this guy all right before I get into him what he's doing have you noticed all the uh, scooters around town? I have. And a lot of people have uh, either really enjoyed those or complained about them because you're not really supposed to ride them on the uh, sidewalk, right? Uh-huh. And there are people are buzzing around on them. And, but it's convenient for a lot of people, right? I've ridden them uh, many times. Do you just take your credit card and just swipe it? Is that the way it works? No, you have to download the app. Okay. And then that you have an account with your credit card attached, and then you pretty much like scan using your phone okay so what's the shortest distance you've ever gone from point a to point b on one of those scooters how lazy have you been oh like two blocks <laughs> you really did that for two blocks uh-huh okay oh britain britain's by far a worse offender than i am he's taking it from one of the doors at the arena to the parking lot are you kidding me no and he just leave it in the park can you leave these things anywhere pretty much britain also uh, and he lives in utah county he in houston after a game one night tried to ride them all the way home and i think they made it to sandy or something like that and then they said uh, bag it it i think it ran out of juice <laughs> they tried to ride a scooter to Utah County? I think they knew they weren't going to make it, but yeah, no. they, they were seeing how far they could go. All right. Well, apparently this man in Florida, he's 59 years old, and his name is uh, Randall Thomas Williams. He uh, he doesn't like these scooters. Okay. And inside, well, since they started having the scooters in Fort Lauderdale, uh, within a two-block area, they've had 140 cases of uh of uh vandalism on these Mm -hmm. well he's not being charged with the vandalism on all 140 although he is a suspect in many of those cases but in 20 on in 20 different scooters the brake lines have been severed Ooh, that's dangerous Uh, that's what i'm saying yeah the brake lines have been severed and so now he is a suspect in uh, in those cases, or at least some of those cases, so because they caught him, they caught him in the apparently they caught him allegedly cutting the lines, okay. and so then they investigated all the other scooters and like twenty of them, the brakes had been the lines had been severed. Okay. So who does that? I mean, uh, uh, what really? is this? This sounds like a bad soap opera. This sounds like something. I mean, who sounds like something Lloyd would do. <laughs> What's the brake lines on vehicles, Lloyd? <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Oh, Lloyd is, is the one who uh, was, was driving by a co-worker who was crossing the street, uh-huh. and he thought about speeding up. That's, that happened. He thought about it. Well, here's my little public service announcement. Check the brakes on those suckers before you ride them. Okay, there you go. PSA: The more you know. All right, yeah, don't 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 rent one to ride a block, Jake. We are live you know, from get some exercise. America First Credit Union here in South Salt Lake, <laughs> thirty four ninety nine South State State Street. Really easy to get to if you bring in two cans of food. 
because it's their fifteenth. Not, 15th not a an, It's their fifteenth annual food drive. We're hooking you up with a pair of tickets to go see the Jazz play on Saturday. We also have great Jazz gear for you here. If somebody walks up to us today and has a toucan with him, a bird, yeah, let's give him extra tickets if we can. Anybody who brings up toucan, do they have to donate the toucan? No. No, I just want to see just, one. You want to see a toucan? Yeah. Well, uh, they should bring toucans in with them, and then we'll give them a, a pair of tickets. <laughs> we'll give them extra tickets if he brings a toucan. I don't think you have that kind of authority. Well, we can, we can work it out. Work something out? <laughs> it's their 15th annual food drive. It's a big, big deal. Uh, they're going for 15,000 pounds of food this year. I mean, they've, they've raised the bar, and I, I, uh, our listeners have responded, great, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, and, really good. Uh, and really do good. some good. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, would, you, would you like better, a toucan or a macaw? Rudy Gobert is on the show coming up next. 97.5 to 1280 The Zone.